If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're breaking down the Utes shutout win over Cal Golden Bears and look forward to the Washington Huskies. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. What's up, Ute Nation? And Scott. What is up, folks? Another week, another win. Another shout-out. Er, shout-out? Another shout-it-out. Another shout-out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout-it-out. I'm just woo, so woo. excited I can't talk. Utah comes away 35 nothing over the Cal Golden Bears. A dominating performance all around. The I think the best part of it is Huntley only had to play a half. Thank goodness, because he could barely make it to halftime. He looked like Ryan getting out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> it is almost past my bedtime. But honestly, do you guys feel that Huntley should have played, or, or do you think... Obviously, we already know that he came out of the game just as healthy as he was going in it. But, I mean, I admit, I was kind of, when I, if we was walking out there before the game, when he ran out to the to the huddle, I was I was a little skeptical if he should be out there. Well, I, I think you play him. Obviously, we don't know the medical uh, diagnosis, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he would have been cleared to play had he been a big, th- had it been a big threat to, uh, to make, make it, it worse yeah. or create any, any further problems down the road. So, um and and as well as he's playing, I mean, he dominated a really good Cal team. Uh, well, I should say a really good Cal defense on one leg. On one leg. Yeah. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it was perfect. You know, let him play, keep keep him uh, keep him somewhat fresh, and also keep that momentum going. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice getting Shelley in there in that second quarter and and getting him out of there. But I mean. Absolute dominating performance once again. And, and honestly, kudos to Andy Ludwig. Because that game plan that he came in with, getting Tyler in into position where he could make plays, even with his limited mobility, I mean, Tyler went 11 of 17, 214 yards and, and a touchdown in, in pretty much two quarters. That's phenomenal. And then knowing that he had that limitation brings in Jason Shelley uh, as you said, Scott, to, to kind of really help have that, you know, dynamic playmaker with a quarterback that can run the ball. It was interesting to see them bring the third stringer in, though. You know, and just jumps <laughs> jump to second string in Lesk. No, I, I I thought I mean Ludwig Ludwig, he was a he was a swear word back when he was here originally. He was. I mean, fans didn't could not get him out of here fast enough, and. It makes us all question what on earth we were thinking. Well, there's two things there that obviously we don't need to backtrack to 10 years ago, but he, we were coming off the Urban Meyer era and everyone expected that to continue and it obviously didn't. And he's had 10 years to grow as a coach. Oh, well, there's no doubt he's, he's become a better OC. He's matured. He's, he's learned more. And that's made him a better OC. But if if you still go back and you look at all the OCs under Kyle Whittingham since he's been head coach, Ludwig still holds like three of the top five offenses that that Whittingham has had. So when he left, we didn't actually get guys that were any better. And 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 but 
regardless where we're at right now, I mean, what a hire that was. Ludwig is just he's he's flawless with 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 his game plans, with with what he's doing with this with the talent and and each week kind of changing up the game plan and putting it in in a place where the guys can go out and they can perform at a high level and execute against that specific defense. But with a one-legged Tyler Huntley, he put together a great offensive scheme to go up against Cal, and he dominated them. And to your point to start the show, Scott, Cal is a very good defense. This is the most points they've allowed all season long. We did in the first half. Did break their their season um, high right yeah. in, in the first half. But I, I think that's one thing that I think Utah fans need to realize is hanging 35 on Cal is not s- something simple. That's been, Oregon didn't do it. Washington didn't do ASU it. ASU didn't do it. I mean, nobody technically has done it. 24, 24 points was the was uh, the season high that they've given up until this point. And and we had 35 what, midway through the third quarter and calling off the dogs and putting second stringers in. So absolutely terrific performance um, by really by the offense in general and, and even, even a better performance from the defense. So let's really talk about this Tyler Huntley injury. Obviously, we don't know what is going on. We know it's it's a leg, lower leg. It's a knee, a calf, an ankle. Something's going on there. With what this team is trying to accomplish and, and what they have ahead of them in, in a Washington and really needing help from another team to beat USC, Utah can't afford to drop a game. I'm a little concerned with Huntley going forward as far as health-wise. Well, and, and, and I'm... I think we're all kind of in that same boat because at the moment, with the, with a healthy Tyler Huntley and a healthy Zach Moss, they're really Washington doesn't even scare me. But the fact that Washington's going on, um, they had a bye, so they've had two weeks to prepare for Utah. They're at home, and we haven't had great success up there, and a, and a somewhat limited Tyler Huntley. I mean, I I I fully expect that Washington's going to just blitz the heck out of him. They know he's not super mobile. They're gonna they're gonna put pressure on him, and it's it'll be interesting to see what game plan uh, Ludwig puts together. And see, but that's an interesting point because Cal, I think Cal tried to do that, and they got some hits on Huntley. I mean, every time he 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 dropped back, he got he was getting hit. But because they were blitzing, Huntley was finding those open spots, and so if if Washington wants to to, to do that, good luck. But there, there's got to be a point where you have to preserve Huntley and you can't let him keep getting hits or else that injury isn't going to get better. Got to keep using those tight ends. Get rid of the ball quick and not allow uh, the, the pass rush to get to Tyler. It all starts with, it all starts up front with Zach Moss and the offensive line. If, if, if the offensive line can open up holes for Moss to be successful, pick up four or five yards a carry then when it comes to those passing plays, they've got to respect that and they're, they're not going to be able to blitz as, as often. They'll, they'll definitely try because they know he's injured. But if they have to, if they can't stop the running game, this opens up the passing game even more. Uh, Zach Moss did have a great game against Cal. 17 carries, 115 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and really helped in the pass game too. When when Huntley was under pressure, he was able to dump it off uh, to Moss a few times. Uh, Moss ended with three receptions, 189 yards. That's sixty some odd yarder in the first half. That was that was beauty. It I was. mean, it was uh, Tyler looked like he had just been shot as he was trying to escape the pocket to get that to Moss. But uh, beautiful. I I think Moss kind of slowed down. He wanted to he wanted to make sure he got close enough to the end zone. So that on the next play he could run it in and, and set that uh, set that record. Speaking of the record, obviously we were at the game, but they didn't they didn't announce it at the game that it was the record, and I heard they didn't even touch it on the broadcast either. No, well they they did announce it in the broadcast or in in the stadium, but they called him David Moss and John Nurse <laughs> and John Nurse. <laughs> And uh, I'll tell you what, could we just get some consistency at the PA spot? 
Why are we hiring a guy who literally is never in town? <laughs> Whose brilliant idea was that? That's You've got a tremendous voice. What, you can only make it to one home game? You're hired. <laughs> I'll tell you who's in charge. The same people who came up with that logo years ago that said, don't make us come get you. <laughs> same people who had the fourth quarter drums. Now the drums got a bad rap. <laughs> very, a very unfortunate. I'm going to stand behind those fourth quarter drums. Okay, I I know miss we're, them. We're, we're kind of taking down a track here, but I do want to talk about this. Because uh, obviously what's there to talk about with Utah and Cal? Utah destroyed them. But the game atmosphere... Is lacking. They, they keep saying it's a sellout. There's a lot of empty seats. Well, it technically is a sellout, right? There, all the seats are paid for. It's the issue is not purchasing of tickets. The issue is people showing up with said purchased tickets. Here's my thought. I've I've thought about this for a little while. It may be a complete bust. We all know parking up there sucks. So. Turn the West Stadium lot. Don't use it as a parking lot on game day. Turn it in to a game day plaza experience. Too many high-priced Crimson Clubbers parked there. I really like that idea. No, you. I mean, you can have so many things, so many food options, like like almost like a, a state fair every game. Oh, could we have rides that you could die on? <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm serious. I mean, turn turn it into. Not just a three-hour football game. Turn it into a day-long experience. But is that what they have a guardsman with the tailgating lot? Well, th- that's that's tailgating. This would be. I, I kind of envision this as more like a a, a family-friendly kid. Would there be clowns? Um, <laughs> for all, for we those get of you who don't painting? know, Scott's afraid of clowns. I hate clowns. They can die. <laughs> but I. But I. But I think. There's, there's, that whole game day thing is just lacking. And I know we're not in the South, and, and football isn't the life here like it is down in the South. But it, I think if we, if you turn that experience into an all day event, or not even, I don't know if it's an all day is maybe too much, but just, an event that brings people out to have fun and then you go experience the game. Here's the hard part with that is on these cold weather games, unless you've got a way to keep people warm, I'm just not so sure people are going to come and hang out. Now that works in September, but I think October, November, you're going to have some issues. Which Okay, we put a bubble over it. <laughs> Let's be honest, we've got some real snowflakes in our fan base. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. We have a historic football team right now, and we, and, and we are ready. Plans are in place to expand and bring in more seats, bigger capacity. And we can't even feel the stupid place at the moment. It's ridiculous. Which, which this is the first year in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so that this has really been an issue in consecutive games. There's been spurts where, depending on the opponent, you've, you've got some lackluster fans. But this this season, every single home game has, has had a lack of attendance. And there's been some factors. Obviously, the very first game was 11 a.m. kickoff in 100-degree weather. So there was some problems there with children's sporting events and all that kind of stuff. And then you get into the later games. you got late kickoffs. You've got downpours. So obviously there's some factors that go into that. But but you're right. This is a top now a top 10 team, has been a top 15 team for most of the season, and the fans just aren't coming out. Tickets are sold. They're just not showing up. I, I think part of it is is a certain portion of the fan base has become a little apathetic of of the success they're just they're becoming accustomed to it so it's not it's not that big of a deal anymore to to go to these games i just think which just really is mind-boggling because you you look at all and i think the other the other issue is the secondary market there's so many people who hold 
so many seats. And then they go and they resell those seats. And meanwhile, you have a waiting list that is three miles long of people that want tickets, mm-hmm. and they're not getting them. And that's that's the frustrating part, is I think there's a lot of fans who don't have tickets that are not purchasing the secondary market, but would purchase regular season tickets through the U. Because those secondary market tickets are marked up. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I, I really don't think, you know, people have brought it up on social media, tickets are too expensive. But again, I don't think price is the issue here because they're selling. It's just they're not coming once they're sold. But it really is a little surprising to me is, is especially on some of these games. I mean, Saturday night, it was cold. It wasn't that cold. It really wasn't that no, cold. It, it, if you dressed appropriately, it, it was fine. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I was pretty comfortable. You put enough layers on, you're going to be fine. And uh, and there was not a ounce of rain. It was just a little chilly, but there was still that. The student section had that top corner pretty much empty the entire game, and then there's smattering of red seats in the Crimson Club area. Yeah, I think. I mean. Mark Harlan took over a pretty healthy athletic department, but he's got some issues that he and his staff have got to address. But do they care? I think at, they at that do. point, though, if they're because they're selling out, they're making their money. Do they care? They're going to well, care if they expand to fifty five thousand and they don't sell out. Well, then that's the other issue, right? Is once you have now, granted, a lot of these are going to be VIP areas. We're really not. We're really not expanding. You know the general ticket. Um, it's it's really just going to be more of the high priced VIP corporate that really kind of want that VIP experience. And 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 I don't think I don't think they're going to have any issue with selling those and and uh, and filling those 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 spaces. I think the issue is 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 just what are you going to do with Crimson Club that void those areas to go to the new areas and and you got to fill those and you've just got to you've got to continue to cultivate the fan base and and get people in here that want to be there and want to have a fun experience and and I think they care cuz Harlan's making changes literally every game to the fan experience. They're trying to do some things to create a better experience. Um it's hard to create any tradition when literally every week something everything's different. <laughs> But uh, I think with time they're gonna they're gonna get there and they'll get their footing. But uh, I I think it's a legitimate issue. It is, and and it, obviously this year the product isn't the issue. The product is is there, and the product is good. Whether it has probably contributed to some of it, um, but when you think about, and I think this goes back to my first point, creating an entire game day experience that draws people to the game because if it's pouring outside, guys like us are going to go no matter what. But there's people who'd rather sit in their living room in front of their 70-inch screen TV and watch it versus sitting out in the rain. So you've got to do other stuff to get people to come. One of those things, eliminate Sweet Caroline. (laughs) Dude, I sang that so loud and proud just to piss people off. (laughs) <laughs> eliminate it no you can just say no that. but you know I, I mean i honestly think what they should do is and and i've heard other people this is not my original idea i've 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 heard it all over the place is i think they just need to fill rice cycles with seat backs get rid of the benches yes is it going to maybe shorten capacity a little bit yeah but people want seat backs it's a more comfortable experience that's why we buy the the seat backs for our benches. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to compete with the, the HD, 4K, home, tailgate in your backyard experience. You've got to, you've got to compete against that, and it's, it's becoming more and more difficult week in and week out, which is why you know a lot of, uh, a lot of schools have shrunk their stadiums. And, and I don't think it's necessarily such a bad idea. Yeah, you're going to lose a little capacity. But uh, I think it's going to look better. It's going to provide a better experience for the fans. Just a, just an idea. I mean, that that's not going to fix every issue. But I think they need to start doing some things that create a better environment. And having Joe Schmo off the PA for the first time is not a good experience. Well, and it's not just pre-game or post-game experience. It's in-game experience too. I mean, for years, 
we'll we'll laugh at this because Cameron hates the marching band. Uh, I do because they play the same song every halftime, and everyone just gets sick of listening to them. And, and marching, I'm not I'm not knocking the marching band. Yeah, you are. That's that's part of college football. It's part of the tradition of college football. But there has to be other things in games during timeouts that that get the fans involved. And and halftime needs to be more than just... You mean 1980s songs that they play <laughs> isn't getting people all riled up? I'll tell and, you. And, and this goes back to your... I mean, you said they're trying. They are trying. They are doing things. They're trying to get things to no, stick. The, the fireworks with the band runs out the, on the field it's a to cool, start the game. Yeah, it's cool. It, it, it's cool. Like those are the things they're trying, but to your point, Ryan, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same halftime show every week. They're always going to have the great clips field goal. Mm-hmm. They're going to have the, the University punt. of Utah punt. Mm-hmm. And and you know what they need to they need to slow their roll a little bit on filming fans and dancing. Literally, there's more fans on getting FaceTime on the scoreboard than there is the actual game taking place. <laughs> Especially replays. That's the other that. So that hey, let's just as we wrap, kind of wrap this up, this segment up. Let's just give our last kind of tips. What they I think that what they need to do to improve. One, the video board. It take advantage of how big that is and how nice it is. Give us good replays, especially during challenges. And number two, they they need to get some a, a better system of getting fans in and out of the stadium and around the stadium. Concourses are a mess. Mm-hmm. Tracks is the, the kind of the best option, but the, they need to do something else. Have one track or like a couple of track trains that all they do is go up and down the campus, kind of help alleviate that pressure. So those are my Ryan. You had an all day event in the parking lot, mm-hmm. the a carnival out there. I know Harlan <laughs> listens to this every week. So <laughs> any other tips? Well, as long as Mark's listening, let me bend his ear a little bit. I got nothing else. Scott? Well, for starters, they've crap that they're playing in this throughout the game. I mean, you want to jack the fan base up. You want a music that gets you out of your seat and you want to dance to. Get something that brings a little life to the stadium. Pri- prior to Mark Harlan, nobody complained about the music. It was pretty good. And he's he's putting his his iPod on and just letting whatever well, it, it's maybe playlist like, he maybe has. Troy Taylor left his iPod after he left. I'll it, tell you, they they got to fix the music, and it would do wonders if you got to your seat and there was a cowboy corn dog waiting for you. <laughs> mobile orders. I I would be. Ooh, I, I would, like that. I would be thrilled. I would be Mo- happy. Mobile ordering and rice cycles. Could charge a little extra money to have it brought to your seat. I'd do it. You don't have to wait in those concourse lines. Okay, and I know I said I I had those two. One last thing: the dark mode when the fa- when the yeah, team ran out in the field. Dumb. Cool concept. Cool. Terrible execution. What the crap was that? Turn let's just, your phones on. Let's waste your cell phone battery. And we're gonna leave all the stadium lights on. Oh yeah, that that was one of those ideas that sounds good in a in a meeting production meeting. And they just didn't think it through. Well, and I think part of that probably is, I think, I I don't know this for sure, but I think those stadium lights are still the old school lights that if you shut them off, they take a while to come back on. So they probably can't do that until they replace them with the newer LED lights. And I don't know if they are planning to do that or not, but that probably is why they didn't shut them off. I, I mean, I get it. And for safety of players and fans, you have to have some lights out there, well, you don't have to cut every single light, though. It one of those things, right? Well, well we kind of talked about other they, other arenas and stadiums are doing it, so it's not like it, it can't be done. No, I know, but it's a it kind of a cool concept. But they roll it out just like the drums. And don't make us come it, get you. Well, and, and here's the other thing: is they've got to address these, and they really need to do it sooner rather than later. Because guess what? You have a top ten historic team playing right now, as we've talked about. Guess, guess what happens when you go six and six? It's going to get worse. You're going to get a lot of empty seats. Then you do have to give out the cowboy corn dogs for free. Yeah, so they've they've got to they've got to start addressing some of these issues and make sure that the game day experience is is worthwhile. 
And again, yeah, you can't control weather, and that's definitely hindered hindered things this year. You've had two really hot games, two really wet games, and then a late cold one. And to add to that too, look at the uh, look at the home schedule. It hasn't been fantastic. No, it's it's been boring. Not, to, I mean, we've been to every game, but and there's a lot of fans that are just like us that come. So we're obviously preaching to the choir for the people who listen to this podcast. But um, but that plays into some people's thoughts. Is it's 100 degrees and we're playing Northern Illinois University, or it's raining, or it's cold and we're playing Cal. You know, it's, we're starting their third stringer. Yeah. No, it's uh, some of it's just out of uh, you know to an extent out of their hands and and uh, but I would just like to see a little bit uh, a little bit more movement going to address some of these issues because if you wait too long and then you get a bad team you're you're going to be in a world of hurt. So we've been talking about the stadium and tickets and a great place for you to get tickets to get to these sold out games is Vivid Seats. So right now, Vivid Seats is the top sponsor for tickets for the events that you want to go to. You can sort by your price or look for seats on the section and row of your choice all on the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit towards Vivid Seat rewards. All you have to do is bust out your phone, go to your app store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and you're automatically entered into their rewards program. Now, every purchase that you make is 100% buyer guarantee. So you always know you're going to have that comfort knowing that when you purchase things with Vivid Seats, that you're going to get what you paid for. Now, right now, we're running a special promo. If you're a first-time buyer, if you download the Vivid Seats app, enter the promo code OVERTIME at checkout, and you'll receive a discount up to $100. So again, that's promo code OVERTIME to receive a $100 discount. All right, just kind of wrap up the, the Utah Cal game. Uh, now that we kind of got that out of our system, talking about uh, the stadium atmosphere and whatnot, I know we've been talking about it for quite some time, but honestly, we weren't even planning on talking about that tonight. We just kind of, all these discussions we've been having internally through the season, I think just kind of came out. Uh, it was a good discussion, though. So just wrapping up the Cal game, the defense dominance again. And I mean, a shutout for Cal. And yeah, it's, it's not, I guess it's not that great because Cal's offense has struggled, especially, you know, they went to their, started their third string quarterback. They went to a fourth string quarterback. But I think it just shows Utah's dominance on defense week after week after week. Starting off with Washington State, holding them to what, 13 points. Oregon State, that should have been a shutout. Uh, but, you know, garbage time touchdown against four stringers. And then a dominance performance against uh, actually a, a pretty decent uh, offense in ASU. Morgan Scally, as much as we're giving Andy Ludwig credit, Morgan Scally has just been phenomenal again. And it is so fun to see a, a younger coach take another step forward in, in his career and really show how dominant, you know, these guys can be. And what we've talked about all season with Bradley and I and Lecky Fotu coming back, wanting to prove something, they're proving it, and it's been fun to watch. Okay, so totally out of left field on this, but guess who did not register a single tackle on defense for Utah? I'm going to say Francis Bernard. Was it Bradley? Bradley and I. Bradley and I did not have a single tackle in this game, and look how well we played defensively. That is scary. I, well, I noticed a few times. I kind of watched that. I didn't notice. I didn't know he did not have a tackle, but I watched him occasionally during that game, and they double teamed him a ton. Oh yeah, he, he went tight end they, and offensive they avoided tackle. Avoided him all they, game they, too. They were doing the naked bootlegs away from him. They were they were scheming offensively to stay away from him. And you're right. They had a tight end over the top. They were not allowing him, which is obviously partly why he didn't he didn't register anything. But you know what? That it benefits everybody else. They they put so much attention on Anai. You look at what Lecky did. You look at uh, what Max Tupai did. You look at uh, across the board. All that attention goes to Bradley, and it it frees everybody else up to go make plays. And then over the course of time, they start focusing on those other guys, and there goes Bradley going nuts again. 
So what makes this defense is so potent and so good right now is what they're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, to your point, obviously, I mean, they, they threw for 60 yards through the air, 70, or excuse me, um, ran the ball for 23. I mean, that is, it is absolutely nuts what this defense is doing right now. I mean, I, I mean, you go through what they've done since, since, um, since conference play started, they've outscored their opponents 169 to 53. And in the last four games, it's 146 to 23. Unbelievable. It, and unbelievable. it's one thing to do that in, in the Mountain West days when you're playing a Wyoming or a New Mexico. These are P5 Division One teams. And I don't care if it's Oregon State or Cal or Washington State. They still have P5 talent. And to be able to do that is is, is really special. And, and honestly, this could be maybe could be one of the best defenses Utah's had. I, I don't think there's any question about it. What they're doing against the type of competition that they're going up against. And, uh, I mean, it isn't... I mean, Kyle's almost been speechless the last few games when he's talked about it in the postgame, what the defense is doing. I mean, it's near it's near dreamlike scenarios, what they're doing, the limited yards that they're giving up, and that they're... Right now, across the board, where Utah, where Utah's ranking nationally um, with this defense, fourth in scoring defense, first in rushing D, eleventh in passing defense, which is a big climb from where they were even just a few weeks ago, and third in total defense in the nation. I mean, they're they're literally. I mean, even against bad Mountain West Conference teams, we didn't dominate like this. You know, I think it's imp- it's impressive. It is very impressive, and I I come and laugh about this a little bit. I was listening to uh, a radio program late last week where uh, the host had Robert Johnson on, and he asked him if this defense was better than any defenses he played on. <laughs> Robert Johnson said, "Oh no, no, no! The defense I played on was the." <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously, yeah, you know why what he's gonna say, but well, he was a part of some pretty good ones. He was, but I think this one, based off of strictly the competition that they're playing every single week, is unbelievable. There's not much more you can say. I mean, they're absolutely dominating. They're gonna get. They're gonna need to continue to, especially this week going against UW. Is you you cannot allow UW to get going and put a ton of points up when you do still have a questionable. Tyler Huntley injury it, status. Yeah, and, and UW's been if up and down this year. I mean, there's there's been times I've watched. I haven't watched them a ton, but there's been times where they have really struggled to move the ball and put points on the board, and then all of a sudden you turn around and and they've dropped twenty eight in just a few minutes. So I don't know. You you've got you they've got to go in focused, uh, and, and I don't see why they wouldn't. This they know this they know what's riding on every game here on out. You know, and obviously Scally, Scally deserves a lot of the credit. I mean, the players rave about, uh, about what he does and how he teaches. And obviously the game plans really outside of the USC game plan has, have been flawless so far. You know, there's a lot of calls that, you know, got to keep him. And whether that's, you gotta, you gotta give him a big fat raise, which he's coming off a 56% raise last off season. So, I'm not sure exactly what uh, what they would or could do beyond what they just did, um, but uh, he's definitely making a name for for himself, and he may get, start getting some phone calls coming for a head coaching job, which you know, would, in some ways, could be good to get him out there and uh, and and get some head coaching experience, maybe come back to Utah one day, or as a lot of fans want it put that uh, coach head coach in waiting moniker on him and and see if that's uh, that's enough and uh, see how that works out but the guy is the guy is putting himself in a really good position with what the type of defenses he's putting together each week all right so that kind of do it for our thoughts um on the cow game we'd love to hear uh what you have to say you can always tweet us at utah man podcast so utah football is really coming down the home stretch here and we're actually getting really close uh, to the running Utes basketball starting up, and I know I'm getting excited uh, about that. Kind of seeing the, this new this new team with a lot of new faces. If you haven't gotten the action, now is the time. Check out the latest from our friends at mybookie.ag. Uh, of course, in addition to traditional spreads and totals, 
quarters, halves, periods on the ice, players, props, including points, yards, or goals, PGA, NASCAR, soccer, and more. Now is the best time to get in on the action. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME and new users get a first deposit doubled. mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so Utah's traveling up to Seattle this week. Line open up at three points for Utah. But Chris Peterson has always had Kyle's number I know I've always said in the past that I, I can never pick uh, a Kyle Whittingham team over Chris Peterson. I, I might be changing my tune. I don't know. We'll see when we do our, our pick em game. But confidence level, where are you guys sitting with Utah traveling up to play the Huskies? Well, it's tough not to be pretty confident with uh, with this group and how well they're playing right now. The, the The only thing that really keeps me from being overly confident is just the health of Tyler Huntley. Um, but, you, but you look how well the defense is playing. We've talked about really how well the offense, even even with an injured Tyler, are playing. It's you know it really bodes well for Utah to go in and win in a place where we just have not had much success. And joining the conference, we're one and six against uh, Washington with our lone win coming in 2015 up at Washington. I mean, you go back, obviously, early on in our, our tenure in the Pac-12, we just weren't really all that competitive against them. But as of late, each and every game, you know, you, you go back to last year, we, we lost to them twice. We played horrifically at home in that in that first game. and uh, But it was still a close one down to the wire. You look at the Pac-12 championship game and how, how tightly contested that one was. And, uh, I mean... Every game has been down to the wire, which which makes me a little nervous if we're going to be relying on a special teams field goal to uh, to give us a victory up at uh, this this Saturday. So overall, I'm pretty confident, but uh, it's not going to be any cakewalk. I'm pretty confident too going into it, just based off of what we've seen over the last uh, several weeks. You know, if you just go back to the Pac-12 championship game. Last year, obviously, we lost that on a fluke pick six. Uh, otherwise, it was three to three late in the game. It wasn't a pick six. It was a kick pick pop oh, up six. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise, it was a three three game late into that ball game, and it, and then you look ahead to this year, and and uh, you know I kind of stated a little bit earlier. Was- Washington's been up and down offensively. I don't think they're as good offensively as they were last year, and I think we're obviously better offensively than we were last year. And defensively, we were, we were a good defensive team last year, and we held them to three points in the championship game. And I think our defense is quite a bit better this year than it was last year. So obviously there's other aspects that play into an entire football game, and that you can't just go off of that and it's gonna and it's going to play out how we think it is. But you know, those are some things you have to look at, and and I that's what part of the reason why I feel pretty confident the Utes are going to go in there and get a get a win. I, I think the really thing that I'm interested in watching this game is how does Morgan Scally call the defense against a team like Washington? I think the last couple of games he's been able to be really aggressive, and I don't know if you can be that aggressive with Washington. Jacob Eason, he's an up and down quarterback. Uh, looked Dude, great against BYU. Dude's got a cannon. But other games like Cal, and obviously that was a little weird because there was the rain delay. Uh, but even Stanford, that loss to Stanford, twenty three to thirteen. I still don't know where this Washington team is. And then Oregon, they put up thirty one points against against Oregon. Had the lead going in the fourth quarter. I thought they had that game, and then. That fourth quarter didn't look as good as as what they did during that game, and that's why I think this game will be really interesting from a defensive standpoint for Utah. Is how are they going to play Washington? And obviously, this isn't the Washington from last year. They replaced a lot of guys on defense. I think it was nine guys they lost on defense last year. They lost their quarterback, their starting running back last year, and they what? lost a lot of their DBs who PI'd all the time. <laughs> and Winningham said this isn't a, a revenge game because the teams are different. 
Yeah, he's going to tell that, that to the media, but that, in the locker room, that's, that's a different story. That's coach no, speak. no, I know. I you, guarantee you, you know this game is circled. But that being said, I think it will be interesting to really see what what Scally does against this team. Uh, I know Utah doesn't really have a lot of question marks right now, maybe like outside of Huntley's injury. But I think Washington has a lot of question marks. Who knows what kind of team is, is going to be there? And a three-point spread, I I don't know. Maybe it should be a little bit more. Uh, well, uh, this is going to be an exciting game because Washington is a desperate football team. So they got three losses on the season already. Their fan base is up in arms, wanting to ride Chris Peterson out on the rails. They've had two weeks to prepare. They're coming off an ugly loss where they were up ten points with three minutes to go against Oregon. They're gonna, they're gonna, we're gonna get their best shot. They're gonna come out. They're hungry. They are a desperate team. And Chris Peterson, he's gonna pull out all the stops. You're gonna see trick plays. You're gonna see a lot of new things. Um, but I think, I think you're gonna see a lot of that from Utah too. Utah's got something to prove. We saw that against Arizona State. And I think you're going to see a focused team that is hungry and 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 want to really just put some payback on Washington for what they've done to them as of late. I'm excited to see what Ludwig comes up with because I think Ludwig is going to have, I think we're going to see some new wrinkles. I think you're going to see Jason Shelley out of the Wildcat throw the ball. Um, I think you're going to see some trick plays. I think they're going to leave literally nothing in the playbook on this one. Who knows if this this will come to fruition in this game? But I think they they've been running that jet sweep all season long, and they're just waiting for an opportunity to reverse that the other way. Reverse it, throw it. I'll tell you what. I think I think you're going to see some because I. This coaching staff knows how big this game is and the implications of this game. I, I don't think they're going to leave anything to chance. I think they're going to give everything that they've got and 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 really throw some new wrinkles um, at this Washington defense, which, to your point, is not as good and not as potent as, as in years past. So I think we're going to be able to score some points on them. I mean, I like our chances. I'm I'm just I, I'm a little nervous to see what they do with Huntley and how healthy he is on that leg because from where from where he looked Saturday it's hard to to think in one week he's going to be close to 100%. Here's the thing, Huntley needs to be living in in the treatment center every day. I mean, I'll, if he's not in class, if he's not on the practice field, he needs to be in there getting treatment. I I will volunteer my time. I'll go rub that calf, uh, you know, <laughs> in the meadow. <laughs> You know, well, when when the trainers are are on lunch, whatever needs to whatever needs to happen. I got pickle juice. We gotta we gotta we gotta do like a rain dance. We gotta do something for for Mister Mister Miyagi. Bring some good juju to that to, to that knee, or to that calf, or to that high ankle sprain, whatever it is. Uh, so before we get into our, our Pac-12 games, let's just go around the table and give. Uh, either a play or a key that will be that will be big for Utah to get this win. I'll kind of kick it off. I honestly think Utah they need to get pressure on on Eason. Uh, if they can if they can hit him a lot when he's back there, if they can get even one or two sacks, get him running, uh, it really limits what he can do through the air. Uh, and I think that's where Utah can really have a lot of success. For me, I think uh, I think it's going to be Brant Keithy and the tight ends. I think I think they're going to play a pivotal role in in helping get the ball out of Tyler's hands as quickly as possible. And Keithy Keithy's turning into an absolute stud, a guy that uh, can go be that be that guy, catch it on third down. He, I mean, he's so he's so good. And he's got speed that these linebackers that get matched up on him just can't stay up with him. He's a pretty dynamic guy, and I think I think he, assuming he's a little banged up too, so if if, if he can get uh, he can get healthy, he he's kind of the guy I'm going to look for to have a big game and really help out the offense. I'm going to go with taking care of the football because I think, as I stated earlier, I think that offensively and defensively, Utah is the better team. So if they don't turn the ball over, I think they win. I like it. I think those those are I think very important keys uh, to the to the Utah getting a victory. 
what you know, we'd love to hear what you, what your keys are for Utah in this game. Uh, you can hit us up at Utah Man Podcast on Twitter. All right, as we get into our Pac-12 uh, pickup games and review, uh, last week Scott for two weeks in a row went four and zero. Ryan, you and I went three and one. So on the standings on the season, I'm nineteen and twelve, tied with Scott and Ryan. One game behind at eighteen and thirteen. So if we look at the the games, USC, ah, freaking Colorado. You had it. They had <laughs> terrible it. coaching. And then they went uh, lead in the fourth quarter, and you're running a hurry up and throwing touchdown, or you're throwing home run balls. What the crap? Bad, bad coach. And then you don't even go for it on fourth and three with the game on the line. I mean, knowing that your defense is awful. Terrible. So USC uh, scores 14 unanswered in the fourth uh, to get the four-point win, 35-31. to 31. We all got that one right. Uh, the next game, uh, Ryan, you got this one wrong. Uh, Oregon beats Washington State 37-35. to 35. I almost got it right within 55 seconds of getting it right. It was, <laughs> a last-second field goal for Oregon, and they stormed the field. They not, and they move up four spots in the rankings. <laughs> yep. That makes a whole lot of sense. UCLA, this is the one I got wrong. UCLA beats Arizona State 42-32. to 32. UCLA was running away with it. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, ASU kind of made it, made a little bit of comeback. They scored 22 unanswered points in the fourth, uh, but still not enough. Uh, and the eight clap come away with the victory on that one. And the last game of, of the week, Stanford beating Arizona forty-one to thirty-one. Arizona, I just, oh, I don't know what to make of Arizona and Stanford right now. They are just so up in the night, so weird. I think we just need to relegate those teams to a lower division. <laughs> I don't think Arizona knows what they're doing. They just fired half their defensive coaching staff. They did. Arizona did make a lot of changes on defense see what they can do uh next there this coming week oregon is five and zero in conference kind of running away with it right behind them you have stanford at three and three oregon state two and two washington two and three and then washington state and cal at one and four in the south uh still a two-way tie at, at the top usc and utah usc really needs to lose a game and utah can't afford to lose one and then UCLA three and two. I know people kind of joked with Chip Kelly that UCLA still holds their own destiny to win the South. Do you guys? Well, the only reason is because they still play us in USC. That's the only reason they hold their own destiny in the in their in their little incapable hands. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried about UCLA. They're not winning the South. It's not happening. And the ASU and Arizona at two and three, and then the bottom of the South, Colorado at one and four, where you belong after that fourth quarter performance against the Trojans. <laughs> All right. So this game, this week's games, uh, we're looking at the first one is Oregon State traveling to Arizona. Arizona is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, while we record this, it's my week to go first. I'm. It honestly could, I think, could go either way. I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the Wildcats. Scott, yeah, Arizona. They're they're just a mess. I'm. I'd go. I'm going to go with Oregon State on this one. Yeah, I think uh, Oregon State's offense is too much. Defense. I'm going to go with OSU on the road. And the next game we're looking at Colorado's traveling to UCLA. UCLA is a six and a half point favorite right now. I said I would never pick UCLA this week because they're garbage, but Colorado is is worse than garbage right now. Especially, I'm still pissed over that fourth <laughs> quarter performance. So because of that, the Bruins will get the win. Scott, yeah, UCLA. I mean they they are they are playing well. Obviously, uh, they're they're scoring points, but they they can't. That defense is is just been a little bit of improvement, but still, it's absolutely brutal. I'm, but I I will go with UCLA on this one. Because Colorado's incapable of winning a game, right? Go on with UCLA. And the next game, Oregon's traveling to the face of the Trojans. Oregon's a five and a half point favorite right now. This one, I think, is going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, USC plays really well at home. Oregon is a really good team right now. Top ten team going in there. I think it's close. 
but I think the ducks get it. Every week as I go into work, I'm go I'm doing it in the flying V. <laughs> I'm quacking. I'll tell you, I'm, you know, looking for ponds, feeding the ducks, creating some good karma. It's it's quack attack this week. I think USC goes down. I pray they go down. I'm sending voodoo dolls. I'm doing whatever it takes to to get this win. Oh, for Fernando. our our hashtag beloved ducks. We need Fernando to come in and hex the USC Trojans. No, I think it will be a good game because obviously, as Cameron said, the USC is kind of a different team at home. Uh, but I think I think Oregon. Uh, gets it done. I think USC's got some injuries on defense that are gonna come into uh, come into play in that game. So I think Oregon wins it in a close one. Yeah, well, I, I'm interested to see how Caden Slovis. I mean, he's been playing really well. I mean, for, but the the freshman Oregon does have a pretty good defense. It's not Utah like, you know. It's 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 close, but uh, I th- I think I think that Ducks defense has a chance to kind of mess with him a little bit and. Uh, but it is going to be tough because USC is a different team at home. So you, Oregon is not going to be able to play their 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 games. They've got to they got to come ready to play and play at a high level. And but it should be a good one. And then of course the last game we're looking at Utah's traveling to Seattle to play the Huskies. Right now Utah's a three and a half point favorite. I th- I really think this is going to be a great game. Or as I said earlier, I, I traditionally have not picked Whittingham to beat. Chris Peterson, but I think that changes this week. I have Utah winning 30-21. to 21. Man, would I not love to just absolutely lay it on these guys. I would love a three-score win so badly. You know, but I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Utah pull, pulls uh, pulls away late. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 35-24. to 24. I too obviously am going with Utah. I think uh, I think Utah is better than this three point spread, and I think they get a decent sized victory with the final score being 31 17. All right, so that will do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yeah, he. Ute man underscore forever. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast and at our home, utahmanpodcast.com. And you can always subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And hopefully Utah gets a big victory over the Huskies this weekend. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be till I die. Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.